fucking yeah. Dave. Where the hell is he? Yeah, uh, we're live. Yeah, that nineteen fifties mentality is making itself known in the Republican Party, ain't it? Uh, they yeah, want to go, go back there. to the. They want to go back to the olden days where white people meant something, and everybody oh else God. was just like, "You're just here. Why?" Here we go. Oh this my! Is, this is what we talk about on this Ethan Comics. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's hey, not go to back to the everybody. 1950s. Uh, we got a bunch to talk about. Not really. Joe Casey, we'll talk about that. We are we're talking about labor movement, so yeah. Uh, we'll go over the Hugo Awards, just the comic section. DC Round Robin is in the Elite Eight. It's terrible. Well, we can uh, take our picks, I guess, for that. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Moon Knight, episode two. <sighs> It was very good. I got a couple ah, of yes. stuff. A, a double dose of food news. One pretty cool. The other one kind of lame, but still kind of cool. No moment of destruction this week. A, Adam is still on assignment. <laughs> He's um, still planting bombs across Gotham City. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Let's not, let's not have that conversation. They're just not letting go of the Adam is the Riddler from the Batman thing, are you? He's not. No. He does, I mean, he does. There is a very strong resemblance. Uh, and then comics. We'll do comic reviews. It's an okay, okay week for comics. A lot of shit was mediocre. Maybe I just had high expectations. Gomer had high hopes and they were let down. What else? Anything else we want to cover? Um, I did go see Morbius, so I could talk about that for like a minute. Oh, you can talk about that in a second. You one. poor thing. He did the dirty work for us. He sacrificed so He went and saw a movie be. that I wasn't going to go see. <laughs> yeah, and that's saying something. Dave will see any damn thing. Uh, all right, well, let's get into it. Let's do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Fucking hubris. How dare we? How dare we? Did you hear that the whole TNG cast is coming back for Picard season three? Uh, practically. I saw the, like Michael Dorn and like I think I saw Maria Citrus and oh, and I definitely saw Gates and Fat. Another episode of this Geek in Comics Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. Gomer Taylor, uh, aka David, holding on that note. Yeah, he's going. He's going to blow his wad in the first ten minutes. Going to be boring the last half hour. Come on, bro. Isn't that how I usually am? Uh, yeah. I watched Ken Burns documentary on Ben Franklin. It was like three and a half. I started that, but I haven't had a chance to finish it. Solid. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, like fucking Burns. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ken Ken Burns is synonymous with you know good documentary making. You know. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, not really anything new. Nothing. You know what I mean? Nothing groundbreaking there. But it's a nice context. It is thorough. It's presented well. Yeah, like. it's an enjoyable watch. Yeah. It's pretty dry. If you're not interested in like a historical <laughs> documentary, this will not change your mind. Yeah. But, I, mean, um, I mean, it was it, the, the swing in 18th century. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's <laughs> something you to worry about AIDS, if that's sort of thing that you enjoy, then this will be a, you know, yeah, good we, time we, for you. Yeah. That's where we lost half of our, our viewers. Oh, this is what they talk about on this show. Okay. All right. How about Morbius? 
My favorite part of Morbius is when he comes out and says, it's morbid time, and he morbs the whole time and is morbzord. My favorite part Dragon of Morbius Morb. is... I saw that one, yeah. But... <laughs> That's a meme. Yeah, I steal everything. I have no original yeah. content. Well, actually, I will say that it wasn't so much bad as it was just completely forgettable. Okay, that's... Like, there's no real anything to say about this movie. It's just very much, like, paint by numbers. Like, he goes and he gets, like, batified, and then, like, Matt Smith gets batified, and he's, like, the bad vampire, and Morbius is like, no, we should be good, man. Like, we should cure ourselves, and Matt Smith's like, no, fuck that, let's kill everyone. And then they <laughs> fight, and that's it. That's that's all that happens in this but I movie. I heard there was Make a... Out. Yeah, I heard there was a compelling after credits. No, if anything there is to complain about, it's that, honestly. Wow. Really? Honestly? Wow. There's yes. no credit scene? Of course there is, but it's stupid as shit. That's my least favorite part of this by far. I will Good. say real quick, one thing I can say nice about the movie is that Matt Smith is fun. Like, I like to see yeah, him like, when, in stuff that he's in. Um, Any of I'm, the previous Doctors Who. Yeah. Are awesome um, on the screen. I'm, I'm sure that uh, his fans will enjoy. I watched 60 Seconds the other day, and Eccleston is in that motherfucker. He's Who is the he? Yeah, he was asshole. He's awesome. He plays he's a the Russian. villain in the. He plays, he plays a villain Russian. in this weird. He should not. I have a hard movie. time thinking of anything besides Doctor Who where Eccleston isn't a villain. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's a villain in GI Joe. He's a villain yeah. in Thor. He's a villain in apparently that. Yeah. He's a villain but in Twenty Eight Days Later. Is a classic, modern day classic. Yeah, there is a moment with Matt Smith where he does like some goofy dancing, so I'm sure his fans will get the thrill out of that. But does um, he have a fez? No, but um, <laughs> the movie was just. There's honestly nothing to get worked up about. It, what I will say though, it wasn't any worse than Venom. See, I still haven't seen Venom. I just don't care about these movies. Venom was more memorable, but probably more of a clusterfuck. Yeah. But, okay, so but that post-credit scene, though, it features um, uh, Michael Keaton gets transported into the Sony-verse somehow, even though that's like the opposite of what happened in No Way Home. It's magic, bitch. Whatever. Multiverse got confused. That happens somehow. We need the TVA. We need the TVA on this. And he goes like in so Hi, like that, the first the first post credit scene is uh, Vulture showing up in the Sony verse, and the second post credit scene is he has this desert rendezvous with fucking Morbius, and he's all like, "Hey, it's fucking Spider Man! Like, got me sent over here somehow." We should team up and like and just, like the more was like yeah it sounds like a good idea. These two don't fucking know each other. They have absolutely no reason to feel any sort of kindred spirit with Spider-Man the other one. Man will do that to you. If you're Morbius has never even met Spider Man, right? it doesn't mean anything to him. Uh, that's 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 weird. That's and then weird. like the it it just reeks of the biggest problem with these Sony movies is that. They are just shamelessly setting up for like crossover bullshit and not doing it like the honest way. You know, they're not like well, the putting MCU in the work. Is the only shared universe that actually? Well, I don't know. There's. Well, they at least did several movies before they got to Avengers. You know. Well, sure, they earned it. That's they more yeah they earned all their crossover bullshit yeah. that they do now. Sony is trying to do that without earning it, and. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. These guys have no reason to go after Spider-Man. They have no reason to want anything to do with each other. I hate Spider-Man. The only reason... Spider-Man. Yeah, the only reason they're teaming up is because they're both Spider-Man villains, but in context, (laughs) in universe, that's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nobody so, is even supposed to remember who's. I mean, they know. Well, they know who Peter, they know Spider Man. They don't know Peter Parker is Spider Man. It doesn't. I don't know. It, I don't fucking know. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense, and it's just the most contrived thing. And that's honestly the only thing yeah. I can get worked up about for the movie was just how stupid that post credit scene was. Well, that's good. That's good. What about you, D? What'd you do this week? Anything? Nothing it, exciting that I want to report on. Here's Dave reporting on his life. It's boring. I filed my taxes. There you go. There oh, you go. cutting that one kind of close, actually. Yeah. Who cares? I hate, don't get me started. Joe and Casey. You should file your taxes, but whatever. Joe Casey speaks out about creators getting paid uh, way back when. In 2011, Joe Casey and Nick Dragata created the character America Chavez for the comic book Vengeance. I have mine. I have my copy somewhere. How's bragging camp? Uh, since then, she's basically done it all, you know, for Marvel Comics. She's been on teams, animated. She's going to be in a live action uh, multiverse of madness. Uh, so Joe Casey has spoken out about him being the creator of this character. He's about to blow up. He's about to make, you know... Hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, her, her individual profile is definitely going to tack up for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and he said, he said a lot of stuff. Uh, the fact is Marvel owns America, Chav- America Chavez. That's not in dispute. But there are still systemic flaws in the way that creators are neither respected or rewarded. Um, to date, Casey has not received a counter offer, but he has received an offer from disney now he did not quote what the offer was but he said that it was just terrible just a terrible you sign this paper and you surrender all your rights now typically these offers when it has been you know released what it was were about five thousand dollars which is chump change okay compared to what uh this character makes it's chump change compared to what this character makes in cup sales or toothbrush sales. You know what I mean? It's like this character makes a lot of money for, for, for Disney and Marvel. Okay. Uh, and he went on to say, Marvel has paid me nothing for America Chavez, um, not only for appearing in the Doctor Strange sequel, but in numerous animated TV episodes for the numerous action figures, video games, blah. They seem to be fine with that. Okay. Um, he went on, for me, it's not about money. He invented Ben 10. All right. He's one of the co-creators of the cartoon Ben 10. It's it's got its own you know money making machine with merch. Oh yeah. So he don't need the money, but um, it's about it's not even about the respect. I would never expect to be respected by a corporation. If I'm in a position where I can afford not to take their insult of an offer and be able to talk about it, maybe the next guy where that kind of money could change their life would be a fair shot of receiving the money. Now he there was an offer there he reached they reached out he said it wasn't enough money and. He did not understand the specifics of the deal. You know, where did you come up with this figure of whatever figure it was for me? What, where, what is, where's your math? What is your ideas behind the rationale of you giving me this much money for a character who's going to make you guys millions and millions of dollars or, and already has. Um, and he said, he finished, I'm a happy guy. I'm not disgruntled. I'm not bitter because I know this is how this goes. I also know this is how you change things by talking about it. And I think that is the overarching story here. Okay. There's no argument. 
about contracts that were originally made. All right. This is a pay to play contract. What we're talking about is being fair after the fact, you know, sure. They don't have a leg to stand on really Disney Marvel. ain't got to give them shit. There's nothing in the contract about that. What Marvel and Disney can do is save some face, save some bad press. But will that even happen? Is Disney just too powerful? Are we just too insatiable with our need for media that we'll never boycott enough or speak up enough, take enough action where Disney and Marvel would ever change their minds about the way they they do this sort of thing? It's just not going to happen. No, there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of parallels between these kind of stories and the stories of college athletes who get their likenesses used in video games. It's true, and we saw where that went. That got changed. Yeah, you know, that's so, that's happening. I do think that they should give creators at least more acknowledgement. They should at least give them more, like you know, what does it cost you to put a fucking like this character created by so and so in the goddamn credits, if nothing else? Well, they do put names in the credits. You know, yeah, well, we'll usually really do it like that. It's not a, a, a Schuster or a Seagull, you know, or yeah. whatever, where they get called out in it's by the agreement, the law, the lawyers. Well, the look court. how long it talk, took for Bill Finger to get his Thank name you. on it. Thank you. It requires that's a more of a Bob of Kane thing than a DC thing, to be perfectly but it's honest. Still DC, uh, by the time it became news, DC still fought against it because they knew they were going to have to pay this dude money. True Even enough. And that's even worse in a way, because the way DC and WB leaned into that, they used it to promote their movie. The fact that they had now given Bill Finger all the props that he needed. His his daughter or granddaughter, or whatever, was invited to go see whatever. She BBS was she was offered was. she was offered money, and she was told if she signed the check <laughs> that she signed over every any rights. Every it. right, and she didn't. No, and and, she and the guy the guy who did the documentary the document. Uh, Terry on um documentary documentary yeah <laughs> I'm not speaking right today aluminium uh, he told, aluminium aluminium yeah. uh he told her not to sign the check and basically because he knew what they were doing so yeah and she did end up getting more you know she, yeah I think she gets points off every Batman thing um which good for them and I think yeah. that's what we need dude you know we need. They well, can certainly gonna... afford to give a bigger piece of the pie, to be sure. Yeah, but well, the thing we're talking about here is professionals. Okay, now I, I understand lawyers get involved. And I understand that deals are made, but the behavior here is not very professional. Okay, if there were fairer deals, okay, artists, writers who move away from Marvel and DC to go do more independent things, James Tynion, Jeff Lemire, who said he'll never write for Marvel and DC again. They'd still be doing that because it would be beneficial to their bottom line if they go and create new characters for Marvel and DC who are going to get adaptations, who are going to get big toy sales. It's in our best interests as a consumer to have these deals be more fair and attract the better, the best fucking talent you can to Marvel and DC. If that's where, if that's what we want to see, and that's really what everybody wants to see, nobody's you know going and seeing comic books that are three and a half hours long that cost you twenty bucks a pop to go sit in, and you go do it eight times. You know, I know people who went and saw Endgame eight fucking times, um, but the dude who invented Thanos didn't get any extra money. You know what I'm saying? Come on, come on. 
Although I will say for this particular case, I don't know that America Chavez is really the big draw for this movie anyway. No, well, no. I, I don't mean, know how big her role is. It might be just a cameo. She might be integral to the plot. I honestly don't know. Yeah. But well, she's in, in the trailer, of, at least in a few She scenes. is in the trailer, but the yeah. overwhelming amount of the promotional material is featuring Doctor Strange and Wanda. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Without so a doubt. So I don't know that, like, they owe America Chavez's presence in. And if anything, her profile is getting bumped up by this movie more so than this movie getting bumped up by her. But the form, but, but the formula the with Marvel movies, yes, is yes, we I'm... always introduce a character that will be integral in something later down the road. Sure, so sure. We may, we may be looking at the powerhouse of the Young Avengers. Or I'm just saying, when they make Captain. like Young Avengers or they make America Chavez show, that's when Joe Casey should be making his point more so. But than it's, I think it's still okay for him to make his point now. I, I'm not saying it's not wrong. I'm just saying it'll be a stronger argument later when they yeah. are actually featuring the character more centrally. And again, he is speaking out because America Chavez is getting notoriety. She's getting, you know, to be more well-known than she was previously. And an offer was made. Disney Marvel reached out to him with an offer. He did not disclose the financial amount, but I'm happy that he is speaking up about it being a shit offer compared. That is to a the good thing that he's that doing. Is I do respect the hell out of him for yeah. being that advocate, right? For recognizing yeah. that I don't need this. I can do more good, you know, speaking to the situation, and it is a bad situation. It the is. larger point is absolutely true that exploitation. Um, I mean, to me, it all boils down to exploitation. Somebody, you know, you know, chimed in and was like, "Well, these creators should be making these points when they sign their contracts." And I'm like, "These motherfuckers are starving." There's you a know? disproportionate power dynamic when they're signing yes. the contract. That's the whole fucking point. Exactly. There's always going to be a lopsided power when this contract is signed. Always, yeah. they wouldn't yeah. be signing the contract if they weren't trying to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get right, moving on from that. Moving on from my anti-capitalist rant for the week. Going to the Hugo Awards. Uh, here they are. We we like to mention awards, and probably there probably won't be any slapping at the Hugo Awards, but we are still interested. Uh, we are a comic book show, so three hundred and forty different ballots, two hundred and thirty nine nominees. The finalists ranged from nineteen to sixty six votes. Die Volume Four, Kieran Gillen, Far Sector. Uh, written by N.K. Jemison, Jamal Campbell on that art. This stupendous. Laura Olympus, the only one on the list I have never picked up. I have read that one. Is it good? It's a webcomic. It basically oh. is uh, retelling the story of the uh, rape of Persephone, where oh. like um, Persephone is taken to Hades by Hades. Yeah. Uh, but it's more of a rom-com. Um, uh, okay. It is good, but I don't think you'd up. enjoy it, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Monstrous, Volume 6. A big fan of that. Dave actually got me into that. I'm way behind, but it's really good. Uh, my vote, my it, the, my favorite comic on this list. Once in Future, uh, Volume Good three. series right there. Yeah, again, by Kieran Gillen. Twice nominated this year which you know congrats to him yeah he's really strange, uh, adventures. strange adventures i think i was the only one who stuck with through the end right yeah that's tom king and mitch uh, yeah i are, jumped off that book about mid-series yeah. i really enjoyed it and i will say that it is kind of backloaded and that a lot of the big like things that make the book worth noting are things that happen at the end yeah but um, um once in future is great it's a retelling of the king arthur you know round table mythology in the modern day it's fucking wonderful i i love it 
Uh, but that's two things stand out to me. Kieran Gillen on this list twice. We'll be talking about Kieran again in a little while, I believe. Um, you hope. I think. Didn't he write? A, <laughs> didn't he write another book this week? Oh no, he didn't. Are you thinking of Al Ewing? No, no. I'm thinking about the book that actually did come to my comic shop this week. But it was it actually came. You're out. being too vague for me, man. Anyway, let's when, move didn't on. Didn't he write Immortal? Immortal X. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah I guess I that, wasn't, that yeah. wasn't on my radar for this week, I guess. Yeah, but it did come out to the shop this week. I, I didn't actually, yeah. Uh, but no Marvel comics on this list, which is weird, dude. It's just odd to me. It is odd, yeah. Um, yeah now, Far Sector and Strange Adventures are not your traditional DC superhero comics. No, um, but they are DC comics. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't and know. And we have two image books on the on the list too. Oh, for sure. Image is perennial. I mean, image here. is always on the uh the short list. You usually yeah. see at least a one or Marvel and one DC though. So yeah, it is kind of odd to know to have no Marvel on here at all. Yeah. Especially with all the X books, I'm kind of surprised. Right? Those really feel like they are just right up the Hugo Awards alley. Um but anyway, yeah, look for those. We'll have results on those maybe. I don't know. I'm that. sure we'll mention it. It's all about being nominated. Uh, all right, back to the DC round robin. Uh, here's the ones that made it. Here was our original. Now the Elite Eight. Uh, so Hawkman and Hawkwoman, the Changeling, Constantine, the Demon, vaca- and the Demon, Vacation from Hell, Suicide Squad, Dark, Green Lantern, The Light at the End of Forever, Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear, DC Horror Presents, Ghost Tour from Hell, Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy, and Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow. Um, we've got creators and shit for this, so and let's just go through it. Uh, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, The Changeling by Kevin Scott and Fico Asio. Love some Fico. Hawkman and Hawkwoman have never had a child. They know that for a fact. And who is Hector Hall, the hot-headed razor-winged teen who uh, claims to be their son? That is going up against Constantine and the Demon. Vacation from Hell by Frank Allen and Nick Varela. Constantine's deceptive nature catches up with him when he is caught cheating by a mysterious individual at a mystic's poker game after being interrupted by taking uh, by a talking corpse with a cryptic message. Demanding Constantine return home, John is punished for his sins. Uh, I'm okay with either of these, but I'd probably vote for the Constantine book. I'd probably lean more towards Constantine, too. Yeah, the the Hawkman Hawkman... Sounds interesting enough, but Constantine is generally a more fun character. Yeah, I just yeah. and Etrigan's in it. Yeah, uh, Suicide Squad, Dark, Zach Thompson, and Gary Brown. Uh, meet the Occult Task Force, uh, Earth Thirteen. Uh, field leader, Vampire Batman, commands a top secret team of murderers, monsters, and demons. That's really all you need there. Let's move on. Uh, versus. Kid, Flash, The Speed of Fear, Brandon Easton, and Travis Mercer. Uh, Wallace West suddenly finds himself torn from the surface of Earth in a cosmic storm caused by a tear in the speed force as he investigates. Kid Flash learns that Reverse Flash has merged with Parallax. Oh, shit. You weren't here last week, David. We were shitting all over this concept. shitting all over this idea, man. People liked it better than Firestorm, although that was another thing that Gilmer was shitting all over. Sounds so dumb. So I this mean, is an easy uh, Suicide Squad dark pick for me. I, yeah, I still just hate that concept. Any book with Batman is going to win. It has yeah. a big advantage, to be sure. Man, 
uh, Vampire Batman, Frankenstein, Raven, Gorilla Grodd, Spore, Zatanna, Plasma Man, and Sinestroar. Is Sinestroar like a... A werewolf? I don't know. Is that like a an Elseworlds Sinestro? uh, Sinestro? Or is that... I know that Vampire Batman was an Elseworlds story. Are the rest of these also? I don't know. Gotham yeah. by Gaslight or what? It oh, wasn't yeah, Gotham baby. by Gaslight. That was, yeah, that, um, was some weird that was another one too. That was like the Mike Magnolia one. Yeah. Um, there was like a vampire Batman story where it. That's just that's it. That's the whole premise. Is it's a yeah. Batman as a vampire? Yeah. But uh, look it up. Oh, uh, oh, here to. we go. Uh, shit! Did I miss one? Versus Kid Flash. Uh, you just did the. You oh just yeah, here on the left hand side. Yeah, Green Lantern. Green Lantern, the light at the end of forever. Cy Spurrier with Marco Santucci. Those That's a good creative team. Love, yeah. Uh, a million years from now, a galaxy convulsed by violence where godlike emperors wield unthinkable power and wage pitiless interstellar wars. Here, the ancient echoes of our heroic age, our DCU lie fossilized, rendered as myth or forgotten entirely but not by the madman and elderly farmer in backwater system, brutalized by the latest thugs with jetpacks and jackboots. Um, it's a John Stewart. It's a, it's an old man, John Stewart. Bro. Yeah. It's John Stewart. The end basically. Yeah. Uh, that is versus DC hard presents ghost tour from hell. T Franklin and Dominique Stanton. Domo Stanton. Uh, after needing a change of scenery, Madam Xanadu relocates to new Orleans from New York and opens up a new shop. The grand opening of Xanadu's occult curiosities went a bit better than expected. Running a magic shop in New York is vastly different from running one in New Orleans. Um, then what happens? That uh, sounds like needful. That sounds like the premise for needful things. Right. <laughs> uh, so Xanadu, Deadman, and the Demon team up to figure out how to stop disappearances from happening. Defeat the immortal Deacon, Blackfire, and Goddess Hikati. And isn't that the, how you pronounce that? Hikati? H-E-C-A-T-E? Not sure. Sounds about right. And hopefully reunite many of the lost souls. Appearances by Constantine and Bloodwind throughout the series. And that uh, is that the last. So a two, second series was Constantine and the Demon appearing in it. Yeah, those are the basically two, which ones. Which ones? I don't know. Well, man. it wasn't Constantine on the Ghost Tour from Hell. It was a uh, Dead Man, I think. Yeah, but well, they said he's going to show, show up. Yeah, he'll so. show up. I want to be surprised, but Xanadu, um, uh, Dead Man, and Demon. No, it says he'll show up constantly. Okay, okay. Win, so, but I don't know. I probably would pick that of the two. I mean, the Green Lantern thing sounds like it could be a fun story, but this seems like it has more potential to me. Like, it's an interesting mix of characters. You could do a lot of like spooky fun in New Orleans, especially. So, I think I would pick this one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that one too. I love the dark shit. And that Green Lantern story just sounds kind of dumb, kind of repetitive, like they've already done that. You it's a I mean? story you've seen before, to be yeah, sure. Yeah, dude, yeah. Although, I do like Cy Spurrier, but yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one, dude. Uh, Dave? Green I'm going to go with the ghost tour from hell. There you go, good choice. Yeah, that's a sweep from us, then. Uh, final two competitors in this Elite Eight for the DC Round Robin. Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy. Scott Bryan Wilson uh, with art by Skylar Partridge. It's 1947. Alan Scott is part of a new breed of humans endowed with the power of gods, but he still has to work a day job, protect his personal secrets from the public, and hide his civilian identity from the government. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. He finds himself at the site of three UFO incursions in the famous Men in Black and the Flying Saucer sightings and the Roswell crash. He realizes that he could lose everything. 
now as Green Lantern, imprisoned and alone on an alien planet, used as a conduit to harvest the power of the Green Flame, he may have to rely on three low-level government functionaries whose job it is to spy on him to help him put a stop to an alien genocide. Man, this sounds fucking weird. Um, 1947, Alan Scott, Green Lantern with, um, like, conspiracies. I'm cool with that. That's yeah. Well, let's hear the other one first, even though this one is a total slam dunk for me. But let's just let's just get it over with. Superboy, the man of tomorrow. Kenny Porter's writing it. Uh, Janoy Lindsay. Uh, Connor Kent is back, but this isn't the DC universe he knows. Uh, Jonathan Carr and Clark protecting the Earth. Connor feels like he's an outsider more than ever. Living on the Kent farm, he dreams of one day finally finding his place in the universe and a purpose as Superboy. He intercepts a distress signal. He heads to the stars to lend a hand. It's just a space adventure with fucking Connor. It, it, I mean, that sounds fun. Like it, it doesn't does. sound like a bad I mean, story, it but like your average it's Superman up against story. A, it's up against yeah. what might be the strongest story overall with this Green Lantern one. You know, that Green Lantern one sounds so damn fun, dude. Yeah, I mean, I love Alan Scott. Scott. Alan Scott is a character that doesn't get enough time in the limelight. Um, I love that it's set in the '40s. That sounds like it's a really fun period piece. Yeah. And yeah, the premise sounds like really cool. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts. It sounds like there's some intrigue. So yeah, the Green Lantern one is an easy win here. But that's not to say that I don't think the Superboy story could be good too. Just not as good as this. Yeah, I'm surprised the Superboy story beat that Cyborg story. That Cyborg story sounded awesome. But I, I digress. Yeah, Green Lantern all the way. Green yeah. Lantern is my pick to win it all. It was my pick to win it all from the beginning. That it's probably the one seed here. Awesome. It, if done. this was an actual like uh yeah like March Madness bracket, then this was the one seed going up against that Captain Carrot 16 seed um right. last week. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have more on that. I, I think it's next week or the week after. I think they're giving them a bit longer for the Elite Eight, but. Uh, yeah, that's basically it, man. We'll move on to Moon Knight. Um, damn. Episode two, Summon the Suit. Uh, this episode went right down the same path that episode one started on. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Oh, I might have muted. You might be muted. Did everybody watch this? Oh, I got muted. Yeah, Sorry. I yeah, I was muted. Uh, yeah, this was really cool. Um, I really love the way that they integrated what I think is my favorite Moon Knight look right there with the, uh, the white oh. suit. Yeah, Mr. Knight, the Mr. Mr. Knight look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. Oscar Isaac has a lot of opportunity to just chew the scenery. He does really well with that. Uh, Ethan Hawke has been doing really well as the bad guy here. I like the uh, dynamic they had when they were having their, like, you know, I'm like the older evil version of you, you know, conversation that they were having. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're doing a good job kind of spoon feeding us the mystery. Um we got to see that he was introduced to um, uh, Mark's old lady here. And Layla? Yeah, it, Layla. I'm picking up Layla. bad habits from you calling her an old lady, but uh, sorry, I use it as a term of endearment. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Um, it's, too. Indeed. Indeed. And I do. And yeah, she is a cool character. I like her too, but um, <sighs> this probably went the way that you would probably expect it to go, but it was handled really well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I loved it. I love the use of reflection. Uh, it's all about Oscar Isaac for me, him playing both characters, especially in this episode. Just really Yeah, I mean, it. he has been doing Perfect. all the heavy lifting for this yeah. show so far, and he's doing a really good job with it. Yeah. Uh, I love how Steven, even though, you know, Steven and Mark are the same guy, Steven is a different character than Mark. 
he's basically the only good person in the entire show. Okay, everyone else is either evil as shit, right? I'm not giving uh, Khonshu a pass. I'm definitely not giving Mark a fucking pass. I'm definitely not giving Ethan Hawke's character a fucking pass. Steven is the literally the only good guy on here. Everybody else is either shit or complicit in other people being shit, including Layla, including every other fucking character. Steven, and that just makes you feel more compassion for the guy. It helps relate, and you just love him that much more. Uh, and Oscar Isaac is just pulling it off. Just he is, yeah. It. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful show so far. Dave, you watched it. Yeah, but like I said before, I'm not like well-versed in Moon Knight lore. I think so. you're better off if you're not versed. I think it's easy. Honestly, to yeah. It is, it's um, been easy. To, it's been very good to follow. Like you said, they've been spe- they've been spoon-feeding it to us. So, you know, I'm I'm following it. It's just yeah. I, I don't have much knowledge beforehand about Moon Knight other than him being a, Mo- a Marvel character. I'm honestly on the fence about whether it's better to go in blind or to like already have the lore like ruminating in your head. I can see what you're saying, Gomer, about how like, you know, the twists are going to hit harder. Like something, uh, earmost, David, uh, something that I think we know is coming is like, Steven's going to have a real crisis when he finds out that he is not the quote unquote real person here. He is yeah. the offshoot personality. Yeah. And I that that's going to be a really powerful moment when it happens, but I kind of expect it, you know? So would it hit exactly. less hard for me? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's the thing we're we're not quite sure as the audience about what exactly is going on. We're thinking, oh, it's the Marvel universe. There had to have been some, you know, Conshu did some weird shit with two different people. No, no, that's I'm sorry, but in the continuity, that is not what goes on. And that's just the way they're building Steven up to be this compassion, this guy who you're compassionate for, who you like as a human being, it is going to hit the audience so fucking hard when they realize what's actually going on and they're doing it perfectly. You know what I mean? Because we, we know yeah. we have read it. We know what's going on, but I, I kind of wish I didn't, I kind of wish I didn't know that. So it would be crushing. It's going to be such a crushing blow. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be even be better when Steven, you know, leans into that role and helps Mark out. Cause you know, that's exactly what's yeah. going to happen. You know, so yeah, they're still not giving us why Mark is even bothering having this other personality so far. So I'd yeah. be, I'm interested to see how that shapes up when we get around to that episode. Yeah, and there's only six of them, so we're a third of the way through. Um, yeah, this is going by a uh, pretty rapid fire here. Yeah, and I'm happy about it. I'm really enjoying it. By the time this is done, then we get into fucking Kenobi. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, good episode, really solid. It's continuing to, to do exactly what it's supposed to do. A uh, lot more action packed in this one. Uh, there's a rumor that Blade is going to show up at the end of it, and that would definitely make sense. Um, you think we're going to get like the the Marvel Knights, the Midnight Suns? Possibly Midnight Suns. I, I don't know, but I mean, there's a QR code in the museum. Okay, in the first episode. And if you did your phone with that QR code, it went to Werewolf by Night number whatever, the first appearance of Moon Knight. Now, because this show is all about reflections, there's a, a like a mirror, a piece of glass where the QR code is reflected. It's a different QR code. And it's for the first appearance of Blade. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, a lot of really cool. That shit is going. that's clever as hell. That's very clever, dude. Very fucking clever. I I just love what they're doing. I love that. 
I love that the executive producers, the producers, Disney, MCU, Marvel, all those higher ups are letting these creators just do what they want. Um, and yeah, we're better off for it. We're really, really better off for it. Um, I mean, shows are where it's at now, dude. No one bitched about the Peacemaker show at all. It was all raving. The Peacemaker show was freaking awesome. Shows are where it's at. Nobody bitches about a TV show. Nobody bitches about a TV show. Hmm. We'll have more next week. Food news. Mmm, yummy. Double dose of food news. First one is a good one. The second one all is right. fucking ridiculous. Uh, Sonic hmm. cereal. Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters now. Sonic 2. Tails shows up in this one. So does Knuckles, played by Idris Elba. I have not seen it. I have also not eaten this. I'll probably see it by the time we're back on the show next week. I'm gonna go try to go see it with some friends this week. Yeah, number one movie of the uh, of the, of week. the weekend, seventy one million, which really isn't a lot for an American release. Um, yeah, but it, but yeah, it knocked out uh, Morbius. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, Dude, Morbius was number two. <laughs> Lost City, I believe, was number three. Ambulance, the new Michael Bay movie with uh Jake Gyllenhaal fucking dropped. It, it wasn't even in like top five, dude. I don't know where it was, but it. I no honestly, that looks kind of good, but yeah, I guess. I it's love just a kinda... Michael Bay action movie, man. I adore a Michael. I'll probably Bay see that movie. at some point or other. But anyway, uh, Sonic cereal. Um, what do the uh, marshmallows taste like? Uh, it doesn't say. It's looks like funny. we got chaos emeralds, and is that supposed to be like Sonic? Like, what's the star? Maybe his head. He's. That's him spin dash. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, and it's honey flavored. Um, I know that those are just like recolored stars that they had in like the yeah. the storeroom or whatever. But I was trying to think how is that <laughs> how is that associated with Sonic at all? Yeah. But now I get it now. Uh, and fun back of the box activities. Ooh. They're also going to do fruit snacks. These are available at retailers nationwide for a limited time, uh, and also collectors editions. You know, some people are into that. Now the shitty one, Bojangles, everyone's at least second or third favorite chicken place. Um, it's okay for breakfast if you want to deal with the line. $10 gas card if you go in and buy a family meal. That is just sad. It's gross. It's disgusting. Um, yeah, there's your food news for this week. <laughs> How are their biscuits? They're not bad. How are they compared to Popeye's? Oh, nothing compares to Popeye's. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Popeye's chicken. They opened a Popeye's near us here recently, and I was not impressed by my first sampling of Popeye's, I gotta say. Oh, really? Oh, I'm a huge Popeye's fan. I love that dirty rice, man. Oh, man, the red beans and rice. I could know the dirty rice with, like, the hamburger in it. Yeah. That's them, right? That's dirty rice. They have dirty rice, but I prefer the red beans and rice. So good. Awesome. Let's do this. Uh, what are we doing? Top three? Yeah. I think Taylor's going to lead us off this week. I think it's his turn. Oh, am I now? Okay. I think it's your turn. I think it's your turn to go. Uh, it was an okay week, Taylor. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of stuff that I like. Not a lot of stuff I loved, but... Um, yeah. I'll do an honorable mention for uh, Marauders number one. Um, yeah, it was, I got an honorable mention for that. Yeah, it's like well. it's you know big like space faring fun. Why they know? take it to space? I like the ocean pirate shit. Now. I, I guess they're trying it. to. That is, they're taking it in a new direction with the relaunch. I get it, but well, you know, like the, it's the a fun premise. Are but... Intergalactic force now, so it's only a natural progression. It, I guess all the fucking X Men are going to be in space. Yeah. But I do but understand, wrong, I understand what Gomer's saying, though. Like, yeah. you know, like, 
there was still plenty of legs to that whole uh, pirate thing yeah. they had going but on. Yeah, it was solid. It was solid. Well, it, was it was a solid the start. on Earth. Well, Fuck I mean, em. they started off that way. They did start <laughs> off that way. Yeah. But, uh, okay, other honorable mention for uh, Black Widow number 15. I am so sad to see it go. Um, yeah. This has been such a good series. Um, this issue had a lot of great Casa Grande art. It had a lot of cool fight scenes. Like, this was her This was her uh, swan song uh, montage panel It's like here. her calling card. She's always got one of these big yeah, this was her, action sequences. Yeah, this was her signature piece that she did in most of the issues. Um, yeah. It doesn't make my top three mostly because it is – one of those like tie up loose ends because yeah. they canceled the series uh, type yeah. of stories. I thought they were going to leave Natasha without a fucking arm for at least two pages. I was like, Oh my God, what are they? That would have been a ballsy move. That it would have been, yeah, been cool. And honestly, really it could have been a cool opportunity. They could have given her like a rope, like even Hawkeye even mentioned, right? Like we can get your robot arm. Like Tony yeah. can probably make something for you. Yeah. That would have been a kind of cool thing to see, but it would have been all right. It been all right. But it, the way that they gave her her arm back at least was foreshadowed by, you know, earlier stuff. So it's yeah. not that it's not contrived or anything. It's fine. No, as soon as they put it back on, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. They got this that makes guy, sense. This yeah. Person with them. yeah. It, it happened in a way that made sense. So, you know, it's yeah. fine. Uh, but my number three this week is going to be uh, One Star Squadron number five. Nice. Um, nice. This is consistently a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure that. Um, this falls in your wheelhouse more so than most books since it is an anti-capitalist uh, manifesto, basically. Yeah, my favorite um, part was the police station where it's not quite a cab, but it's a cab. You know what that says. <laughs> Best panel of the book. Best panel of the book. Yeah. This was a bit mushy for me. This one it was, was kind of tying up. Shit. Well, this was kind of like an in-between issue. Like the big yeah. stuff is coming in number six. And, uh, you know, they had the big like stinger on the last uh, page of, you know, the last issue. So you knew that this was going to be kind of like a transition issue. But that being said, though, that thing with a uh, gangbuster, that really was kind of heartbreaking, you know? The, uh, oh, sorry. The uh, uh, Power Girl stuff really got me. You know? Yeah, it was it was genuinely very cool to see Power Girl kind of rediscover heroism yeah. in this book. You know, to, sure, to, sure. to throw away the fucking Maxwell Lord. You know, help tapes. Yeah, yeah. self help business shit. Yeah, yeah, that bullshit. And yeah. um, I think that this book always has a lot of cool things to say. It has been a real interesting time right seeing red tornado struggle to be a good person in a terrible system yeah with like trying to be the good guy who's doing right by people within a system that is going to make it so much easier if he doesn't exactly yeah a system that yeah you probably said it makes it so hard for him to do it yeah 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 it's been a great book one of the best you know mark russell in my opinion has ever done and he's done some great shit but uh yeah, excellent choice. Excellent choice. Uh, Big D. All honorable right. mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, my first honorable mention is going to be She-Hulk number three. Oh, all right. I'm off of this book. Go ahead. Uh, just, I haven't got uh, a chance to read that one yet. It's on my this was all about one. Black Knight or something. No, Jack of Hearts. Jack of Hearts. Last one's all about Jack of Hearts. Is this, this one, one also as well? This one, she's digging a little deeper into Jack of Hearts. Oh, okay, geez. but... it. I the know. reason I wasn't in a hurry to read this one is because I kind of want She-Hulk in my She-Hulk book, you right. know? Well, it, I feel just, just when this series is very reminiscent to the Charles Soleil series from a while back. 
cool. I don't agree uh, with that though because that one was really cool, and this yeah, one has really, this one. It's it's taken a little bit of twists and turns in it. It's not so, bad. I should say that it's not bad. It's just I wish that the last issue was not just all Jack of Hearts bullshit. Yeah, I didn't she, like the Jack she, of Hearts shit in issue two. She's uh, digging deeper into why Jack of Hearts is back alive, kind of. Okay. Uh, she's wow. having some conversations. Usually Marvel Universe just ignores that when dead people are, are all of a sudden alive. They're just like, oh, okay. But um, but pretty much Jack of Hearts is crashing at Jen's place. <laughs> so oh, wow. there, there's something going, something else that's going on. That's not Jen's there. place. It, that's Diane. That's it's Wasp place. Yeah, it's Wasp place. Well, she's, she was talking about, she was talking about that it's her, that Jen left her clothes that fit her. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a so, uh, honestly, I will say that's something that bugged me in the first issue. You're telling me that like she has no fucking money and she has no one she can turn to. She's on the fucking Avengers. Yeah, dude, they live in a giant monster. They couldn't just given her some money to get a place, a flat somewhere in Jersey or something. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. Well, whatever. But yeah, I'm really right. shitting on a book that I actually do not think is all that bad. But yeah, um, it's not bad. I just didn't read this issue. I didn't like. I don't like Jack of Hearts. I've never been a fan of that guy. He's a character that I barely spend any time thinking about. He yeah. hasn't been like in rotation since the '90s, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been out of rotation for a while. Uh, and my number three book is going to be West of Sundown. Oh, one. this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Uh, vampires in uh, post Civil War America yeah. making their way out west. Ah, it's interesting. It is. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, a lot of vampire lore, uh, being added to it. Like you know, the vampires got to sleep on the the soil of their home, and uh, this particular vampire's home was burnt in a fire, so burnt down, uh, and she's lost yeah. it, and now she's got to basically head out west to find to where to where she came from to get to to rejuvenate. To yeah, yeah. So it's so it's pretty fun. Pretty yeah, fun book. very very. Apparently, we get a Frankenstein type monster too. Yeah, um, it seems so like it's leaning into all kinds of weird, um, yeah, a like lot a of cult monsters, you know, that sort of thing. In, yeah, it's going to. I in think that it's, setting. It's it's very very wild west. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was wild, an, uh, they sort west of alluded to werewolves. Yeah, they did a little werewolves, but we we definitely get we're definitely getting a Frankenstein's yeah. monster type <laughs> character. It's fun. Yeah, I, I think this book is going to end up being a lot of fun. Yep, good choice, good choice. Uh, Marauders number one was an honorable mention. Uh, I'll mention Batman one. Was it one twenty one? Yeah, no, one twenty two. Uh, it was solid. It's the Shadow War part two. Yeah, I enjoyed this well enough. A little long winded, and Batman is a pimp. Batman just be banging everybody. All I was kind of concerned about that because, like, isn't he in like a not quite married but married relationship with Catwoman? I think they have like a mileage thing. If it's over five hundred miles away from Gotham, then you're all right. Well, I don't know how he had the energy. I don't know how they had he had the energy to uh to for him and Talia to do what they did in this book after fighting like fifty ninjas. I'd be pooped. I'm like, no, girl, sorry. I gotta get a nappy. Yeah, like beating the shit out of armies of ninjas was like the theme of this issue for sure. So weird. I don't know. Batman showing up and being able to handle fifty ninjas is just weird to me. Like, I mean, I can never been able to show beat fifty ninjas. It was wild. Anyway, my number three is I'm sure it's on other on somebody's list as well. 
Devil's Reign. All six. right. That this is, is my number one for this week. Nice. That is that is my number one. Wow. Awesome. Well, uh, it was a fantastic book. Uh, you got it, Jacob. Thanks for stopping by, Jacob. I've been watching Aquaman and Jason Moe over and over. It's great. Yeah, it's not bad. Aquaman is fun. It's pretty uh, dumb, but it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's got one a lot of, of the better DCU movies. That's not saying much, but that is on. true. Yeah. They literally hide out in a whale's mouth. Um, at another point, there is a giant octopus playing drums. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, and, they, and then they summon like fucking um, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah, that's the best yeah. part. That's the best part of the whole movie. And it, it's it's uh, what's her name? Judy Dench. Yeah, it is Judy yeah. Dench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Devil's Reign. Um, uh, Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto, a Really strong finish to a great event. Lots of action. Amazing art. Oh my god! I've been saying it the whole event. I think this is Marco Cicchetto's best work to date. Um, and some great endings for characters that Zdarsky has been using for um, a long while in here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jacob. Yeah. The movie's fun, but yeah, it's wild. Um, this was my favorite part of the issue right here. Yeah. Where Kingpin really shows his true colors because you brainwash him into being for into forgiving people and he can't do it. You know, he doesn't really pick up on the fact that he caused any problems. It was yeah like psychosis yeah this is a great like some of the best stuff throughout this event has been the peak under the hood right of what makes the kingpin tick what makes him such a makes him the character that he is and this is probably the most iconic this is yeah that's a good way to put it this is the most revealing moment here of all is that daredevil forces him to reflect on all the pain he's caused all the lives he's ruined it, it means nothing, nothing. to He's him. He's truly a politician. Yeah, just speaking of which, uh, <laughs> the plans by the big billionaires who were actually controlling everything uh, were for him to run as president and for Butch to take over as the kingpin and push crime in their direction so they could do a real estate scam. And yeah, he was having none of it. He beat the fucking shit oh yeah, out of all of them. And Shattered his Kingpin. hand. Kingpin kneels for no man. Kingpin yeah. style, and I love that he went out like on his own terms. I was a little yeah. bit born, um, This, if you're, this is maybe the best Kingpin story I've ever read because yeah, it, it was really cool seeing him like give the middle finger to these two fucking shitbag uh, super real estate mogul people, whoever they are, They're and then also corporate, yeah, corporate, you know, villains. yeah, and then he yeah. gets to ride off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah, he does do that. I do have <laughs> he, that. He got the best ending of everybody. I kind of hate that because he did such terrible things. That he I does not deserve this happy ending. And yeah, it is kind not. of a, yeah, this is a frustrating thing, yeah. but i like the way that they frame this, right. That like he gets to have like, you know, his, you know, literally fl- like right off into the sunset moment, even though he is such a piece of shit we already he saw like earlier it. in the same issue. Uh, yeah. That like, he is a monster. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, wow. I kind of like the way that that kind of plays with you, you know, that like, yeah, you're not supposed to feel good about this. Yeah. Uh, I don't but know that's also a really there. iconic image there for the two daredevils. That's like, that's yeah, it's the people without fear. Now yeah. we have a duo of daredevils um, hanging out in, in New York. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, that's one of those like, that's one of those like put it on a poster type of pages there. Mm. Well, except for yeah. the part of the, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, this would make a wonderful 
poster. Uh, another big takeaway in this book, since you know Chiala's number one, and we can talk about it a little bit more here. Uh, Luke Cage is now the mayor of New York City. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, he's unopposed. He's running unopposed. Wait to see how they play off that dude. That and can these make purple for kids a... are going to go live with him and Jess, right? I think so. <laughs> Evidently, or at least that one was. Yeah, dude, that is so cool. Yeah, I, I love that whole idea of him being the mayor and having these kids who can control minds living with him. Uh, it's a lot of temptation. You know what I mean? He could do a lot of good by doing the same things that Fisk was going to do, but in reverse, you know, for the betterment of humanity. But well, is that something he should do? I want to see that story. You know? Someone unexpectedly, this was also a really good Luke Cage story from beginning to it end, was. because I really love that moment where, like, they're facing off the Purple Man, and you see, like, Luke Cage has an unbreakable soul. You yeah. know, like Purple yeah. Man's getting him to try to kill his kid, but instead he's like putting his hands on his shoulders to reinforce him, you know, to like kind of like build him up to like lash yeah. out against his dad, you know? Yeah. Give him the support he needs. Yeah. Very That's well really done. cool. Yeah. Very well done. Just a great book. Uh, yeah. One of the best. Uh, we say this all the time in terms of Daredevil, pound for pound, you know, one of those characters that pound for pound, Daredevil has some of the best shit written on him. Yeah, it's hard to argue against, like, maybe Swamp Thing, but Daredevil yeah. probably has the best pedigree of any comic book character, you know? Yeah, and here's another one. Uh, Chip Zdarsky is the new Batman writer, which means he is yeah. the most popular writer on the planet by default. Yeah, more I mean, read Batman you or I could be writing Batman. Which and would be we selling, would be, like, yeah. yeah, we would be the most popular <laughs> writer, comic book writer on the planet. <laughs> Um, I could write Batman. Be the most popular. I could write Batman. I would just go back twenty years and just you know plagiarize a couple of different stories. No one would be any the wiser. Batman leaves. Uh, Excellent choice, uh, Gomer, for number three. Uh, At least number two, Taylor. Uh, My number two, which I guess you can kind of figure out by process of elimination here, was uh, X Men Red number one. Yeah, that's actually my number one. I can see why. Yeah. Um, this was more of that sweet, sweet X-Men politics that we just can't get enough of lately. This had a lot more action in it. uh, I love this new character, this Fisher King character, who's apparently a human. Yeah. No, not really a human, just doesn't have any mutant powers or... Is he a human? I'm not well, sure. Yeah. Is he I on Mars him. or is he on Krakoa? I love them establishing this relationship between him and Magneto. That Magneto yes. goes here to like, you know, retire into, you know, mutant uh planet mutant now. And well, yeah, the, like who's the first guy he meets? A fucking human. You know? Exactly, dude. Oh, that is literally in my notes. Uh this is Al Ewing and Stefano Caselli, by the way. Caselli, one of my favorites for a long, long time. Uh, Magneto builds him a big castle on Arako. Um, I mean, great fight here. Vulcan is just awesome. Uh, but this is all about Storm and Brand and the power plays that are going on. Every time I see Brand on any page in this comic, I'm like, she is working. She is working. Yeah, She's like got something going on. It really repaints. Like, you can go back and reread that Sword uh, series, too, where, like, now that we know what Brand's all about, it really... It's fascinating to see her like manipulate the pieces, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But this uh, is also really cool the way that they ended it here. We're seeing the re- the reformation of the brotherhood. And it seems like it's really interesting to see Storm of all people basically trying to like 
redeem the brotherhood idea that Magneto got started so many years ago. I think it has a newfound meaning now. Um, I, I actually read an article on this last week, you know, about the X-Men historically. Historically, yeah, there's always been this thing between humans and X and mutants, right? But most of the stories for the X-Men books, it's been mutants versus mutants. From the very beginning, it was Magneto versus Xavier and the and the Brotherhood versus the X Men, and then it, it was usually the more the Morlocks. You know, there was yeah Magneto a hundred different different times in a hundred different ways. Um, it was a lot of the times it was mutant fighting mutant, and now that it's not that now that the mutants are truly unified, even though they have this you know political infighting and and whatever the hell happens on Araco, um brotherhood has like a new meaning now and it just works it really fucking works it was a great pull it was a great way to end this issue yeah uh, i'm i'm excited for this i hope stefano caselli you know can keep up this quality uh we know al ewing can so yeah i'm i'm really really excited for, for destiny of x you know good choice dude good choice that's my number or his, uh, taylor's number two so we up to you, Big D. My number two is Little Monsters number two. Awesome. Very good issue. Yeah, it, it, we kind of get a little bit of backstory about the, the master. Who um, still hasn't showed up. Who still hasn't showed up. He showed up in a flashback, but he hasn't showed up in the present day. Yeah. And we kind of get a hint about who the narrator of the story is. It's the daughter of a it's human the, who we met at the last page of the issue one. Yeah, the 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 Billy character is basically snacked on the human, and he has tasted blood, human blood, for the first time apparently, and, and it's changed him. Vampire pals. And yeah. he's like, "I saved you a snack. It's a human." Yeah, basically, this story, if you don't know, it's post-apocalyptic Earth, and we're following a group of young vampires. Yeah, and we're children. talking like teenage. You know, no, they're like they're yeah preteen. They're yeah, very they're young. really young, really young. Yeah, but um, they they've probably lived for at least a hundred or better years, yeah. Yeah. and they've been subsisting off of wildlife. And now they've now one of them has gotten their first taste of human. Yeah, and, and they know there's others, but he's dead. The other dude might be dead now. The uh, well, alert. the the there's the, a lot going on in this book. It's the, really the 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 character of Billy implied that he left the human alive for the other ones. But no, then once her name went and shot, what's the other Romy? Kid? Yeah, Romy. Well, so, lots going on. Lots yeah, of stuff going on. Yeah, but it, yeah, but you know, you can't go wrong with Jeff Lemire and yeah, Justin Jeff Lemire is probably you know we said Chip Zdarsky's writing Batman is the most popular. Jeff Lemire is probably the best comic book writer on the planet, and he's got a, he's got his finger in a lot of pies, yeah, lot, or uh, hand Dustin in a lot of jars. It's Wynn, really dizzying, like how much Jeff Lemire is putting out in a given month, you know, and how great. much of it is good. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I, that's I, a great I, point to make. Yeah, that it's not just him like churning; it's not just him shitting stuff out. Yeah. It's consistently great. I can't remember the last time I read a Jeff Lemire book, and I was like, "This was even mediocre." It's always, you know, he, at least he like he did you know, a Hulk. He good. did a, a Hulk one shot during the Immortal run that I didn't care for, but yeah, it was still fucking good. You know, wasn't my cup of tea, but it was still. Good. Uh, so yeah, excellent choice. Uh, that book I think is only a five issue miniseries. Um, might be ongoing. But I thought it was only five issues. It doesn't say how many. It doesn't say how many. So it might be ongoing. It might not. Uh, that leads us to me for my number two, X Force twenty seven. There also was an X Force annual, which was solid. Beast being an asshole, 
But this was uh, Ben Percy and Robert Gill, and this was Beast getting what is due to him. I had to take this where they're talking about uh, Russian war crimes right out of the headlines. Just crazy shit. Um, even though this has been going on way before there was a war in Ukraine. Um, but yeah, Forge just gets taken by Cerebrax and half what? his head is gone. And then I guess Forge's head is inside that helmet. His brain. Oh, so it's it's that um, one movie with the alien invasion where they take yeah. people's brains. Uh, Skyline. I, I really enjoyed this because it was a good issue. You know, nothing taken away from it. But it was twofold. It was almost as though Ben Percy was sort of getting back to his roots for this uh, X-Force where it's the CIA of Krakoa. It had moved around. Remember, they were fucking surfing. Wolverine was fucking surfing in this yeah. book like a few months ago. You've mentioned it a few times, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but while this was kind of like a back to basics, a back to the roots for X-Force, it also went through all of the events of the last Wolverine event, the X-Lives and X-Deaths. And it was sort of the redemption of Omega Red. Not a reset, but I like the idea that anybody can pick this up who's been reading X-Force. But if you did read X-Lives and X-Deaths, you're still getting something out of it. And I really love that event. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, X-Book 1-2 for me, and X-Force was my number two this week. Great issue. Great issue. Uh, and I think that's it. Go ahead, Taylor. Uh, we're up to number. Oh yeah, one. my number one was uh, Devil's Reign number six. Um, yeah, fantastic which, end to that event. Yeah, uh, I think we're actually getting another issue. Isn't there really? like a Omega issue or something? There like might that? be. I'm not really sure. I'm but, not. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. This was that. definitely a conclusion. You know. Oh, for sure, for sure. And there might be some epilogue stuff coming, and I'll probably <laughs> check that out. But yeah, this was a great ending to a pretty good event. One of the best ones I can remember for a while, to be honest. Yeah, great event. Really, I like the street level events, I think, even more than the big, huge cosmic ones. It, they just do the big, huge cosmic ones so much, you know. And they really haven't been able to top Annihilation, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, great book, great event. Uh, and my number one was X Men Red. So uh, X books are in really good hands right now, even with Hickman gone. Uh, Marauders it was a little bit weird this week, but uh, I'm still on board. Uh, so Destiny X is looking great. Got a lot more books to look at um, next week. So, uh, yeah, that's us. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, man. Uh, it was a great bunch of comics this week. You know, uh, we're going to talk about all the comics coming out uh, next week again on uh, Sunday night. We do this every time, you know, every Sunday night. So keep coming back, y'all. Uh, check out the bullies they're uh, on this channel uh they'll do a show later on tonight they got their own channel you can get links to that at outrightgeeker.com go to that website a bunch of links over there for all the different shit we've got going on uh merch just you name it we got it uh we'll be back again tomorrow night to do our preview show i think it'll just be me and taylor unless adam decides to grace us with his presence i'm sure he'll who knows he's got time uh but yeah keep coming back y'all we really appreciate it thanks for listening but most of all thanks to these jokers for hanging out with this joker always a pleasure glad to do it we are going to do it again next time same geek time same geek channel kind of a bit subdued from you there dave i told you he blew his wad at the beginning of the show yeah i guess so yeah, yeah. run it on fumes at this point ah yeah. uh, not really Ha, <laughs> ha,